Londoners go to the polls in exactly one week to elect our next city council. Also on the ballot for will be uh, school board trustees. Do you know who you'll be voting for? I have already voted. I voted on uh, Friday in one of the advanced polls. They ran Tuesday through Saturday. Your next opportunity to vote is a voting day itself, which is a week today. Uh, this week, we will be highlighting some of the candidates for mayor. There are 10 candidates running for mayor. Josh Morgan, London's deputy, uh, current deputy mayor and councillor for Ward 7, former MPP Khalil Ramal, Pastor Sandy Thomas, Dan Leonard, Carlos Murray, Sean O'Connell, Brandon Ellis, Daniel Jeffrey, Norman Miles, and Joanne Nichols. To find all candidates for mayor, you can go to london.ca to find the list of candidates for mayor and your ward. 980CFPL is also doing some ward and city previews of all the candidates in the election. Uh, today, we are joined by Josh Morgan. Uh, Josh, I appreciate the time today. Good morning, Devin. Uh, when did you decide to uh, run for mayor? Well, uh, I had always wanted to run for mayor. I had, uh, if you look through old media reports, I had toyed around uh, with the idea after my first term. Um, I I'd wanted to contribute at that higher level. Um, but it's it's something that's got to be right for, you know, your family and right for the timing and opportunities that are out there. Uh, and it's something that, that I didn't really know I was absolutely going to do until uh, one morning when I was driving uh, the mayor to an event that we had at the emergency operations center. Uh, and he said on our, on our way to that event that he wasn't going to run again. And, and about two hours later, he had announced that to the, to the whole city. Uh, so I, I guess I had about a two hour heads up to, uh, to think about, you know, what I will start thinking about what I'd want to do. And, um, you know, later that week I, I had ended up filing. So, um, I, I thought about it for a while. I thought about contributing at that level. I thought about how I could uh, help the city, uh, but I didn't know the opportunity was going to come around until uh, until you know pretty much when everybody else did. What do you see as the biggest issue facing the next city council? Well, I think that there's there's one really big issue that that actually encompasses a few issues, and that is the state of our downtown, which is is both a uh, uh, an issue with housing and housing affordability. It's an issue with mental health and addictions, and it's an issue with homelessness. Um, it is. It is the piece that will will be the most important um, item to tackle for our next council. Uh, the, the downtown is really the heart of the city, and you know the body is not healthy when the heart's not healthy. And, and there's uh, significant challenges that our downtown core is facing uh, with all of those things I mentioned. And I would add too that there is a a large um, commercial uh, commercial occupancy um, or vacancy um, issue downtown that we have to also try to deal with. So there, it is really you know, it is a really challenging situation and it will be a multitude of things the council has to do to solve this problem. It will require a multitude of partners to be all pulling in the same direction uh, and it will require support from other levels of government. So uh, I say this is the most important thing we have to do because it's also the most complex uh, and the most critical to the long term future of our city. What's the first step? Is it the business side of things? Is it the homelessness and mental health side of things? What's the first step to addressing and revitalizing the downtown? Yeah, well, there's an immediate step, and that is the preparation of our winter response program to support the uh, the homeless individuals in our city uh, through the winter. Um, we don't have enough spaces to house them all um, currently. That means we are in a triage situation where we will have to have temporary shelters put up through a winter response program. We're working with community partners to develop that program right now. 
Um, but that's really the, the, the immediate response, what you're going to see happen. Um, we have some, some important things that are happening to supply housing, um, particularly for the most vulnerable in our city. We just broke ground on Vision Soho, which is going to be a development of 680 units, 300 affordable, and 138 of them at $500 a month. We've got uh, builds that the city is directly participating in on Baseline Road, Thompson Road, Elm Street, all of which are going to add uh, over uh, well over 150 units. Um, these are things that we've been working on as a council to get those spaces online, and they're going to come online soon. Um, but the volume is, is large, so we can't take our foot off the gas. The other thing we need with these spaces is wraparound service supports. We have a segment of our homeless population that is, is facing significant mental health and addiction challenges. Uh, it's unfortunate that we lost so many mental health beds um, uh, in the city uh, you know, a, a few decades ago, because now we really need them, and there's there's a huge shortage. Uh, the city's going to have to work to create with partners like Indowell um, wraparound service supports. Uh, that also requires partnership between the federal and, uh, governments and municipal governments to build the capital, put the capital dollars in to build the spaces, but also the provincial government to fund the healthcare portion of this, and that's the wraparound service supports. So, you know, that's that's the other piece that we have to really work on um, to make sure that we're uh, we're we're supplying a safe. Uh, welcoming and supportive place for those who are most vulnerable in our city. Encampments have become an issue for a lot of people. How should the city respond to and handle encampments that are set up in the city? Well, I, what's very clear to us is that encampments are unfortunately necessary uh, in the short term. Um, we don't have enough spaces for everybody. Uh, we will develop a winter response program to provide warm spaces for those who need it. Um, but in the absence of being able to supply um, safe affordable housing uh, for all. Um, encampments are something that, that are, are part of that triage situation. And, you know, we have to do what we can to make sure that they are, they're safe, safe for those uh, who, are, who are within them. Um, encampments that need to be supported uh, with services so that people have outreach. There are wonderful organizations in our city like Safe Space London and others who are doing uh, direct outreach to those. I, I myself went down with Safe Space and, and toured encampments along the Thames River. Um, doing outreach with them and, and seeing the situation on the ground. I'm a very hands-on guy, as you know. And, uh, and, and, and you know, we can't, we can't just take away encampments until we have a place for people to, to stay. It's just, it's, just not, it's just not going to work. So um, I, I think we need to avoid a situation like what's happening in the Kitchener-Waterloo area where there's a very, very large encampment that, uh, that has some challenges associated with it. But uh, in, in consultation with, with our partners and, and those serving and doing outreach, um, I think we've, we've carved out a good approach ahead. And ultimately, the goal is not to have encampments at all, that people will have a safe place to lay their head at night. And that's what we're working so hard towards. We've seen the number of empty storefronts in the downtown grow over the past couple of years. There's been a lot of construction uh, from Dundas Place to bike lanes to BRT to the pandemic. The downtown has struggled. How do we revitalize the downtown from the business perspective? Yeah, De- uh, Devin, I, I, we've talked about um, the state of downtown uh, many times over the years. And, and it really, uh, I don't know if you feel the same way, it really felt like it was on an upswing right up until right up until the pandemic hit. And uh, with so many people leaving the downtown, so many people working from home, so many businesses struggling through the, the lack of um, a revenue and having to close their doors, uh, we were really set back. Uh, a, a number of years on on where downtown was headed, uh, and now we're in a situation where it requires a lot of support again. Um, I am sitting in downtown in my car as I do this interview with you, so I'm looking at some empty storefronts right in front of me, 
And, and you know, what we need to do is we need to support the, the vulnerable individuals downtown. We need to make downtown safe, which is why I support uh, the police opening um, their, their downtown foot patrol office and, and providing some support for businesses uh, and uh, residents that way. Uh, but also, I think we need to, to help focus the LEDC, which has done a wonderful job in attracting jobs to our city and supporting our industrial land development strategy. We need to get them focused on uh, white collar jobs, uh, downtown office jobs, recruiting and using that vacant office space as a competitive advantage, not a weakness, but a competitive advantage compared to the office rates in high cost jurisdictions like uh, the GTA to recruit businesses. You saw the provincial government uh, do this with WSIB committing to move their headquarters here, freeing up uh, a $600 million piece of real estate in downtown uh, Toronto and coming to a much more affordable place in London, Ontario, to to house those those office workers in that office space, uh, we have a competitive advantage here, and we can get uh, the LEDC, Small Business Centre, Tech Alliance, and others to help us attract uh, businesses into the downtown. With that, we've already tasked the LEDC of doing that. They've already brought 18 new businesses downtown. But again, this is one of those we got to keep our foot on the pedal and keep ourselves pointed in the right direction here. We are talking to Josh Morgan, one of the 10 candidates running for Mayor of London. I want to talk about the cost of living. Uh, I see this morning Loblaw has announced that they are freezing prices on no-name brand products until the end of January of uh, next year because of inflation. The uh, multi-year budget is something the next council is going to have to address. Do you have a rate of taxation you would either target as a ceiling or a floor? I don't have a specific range, Devin. I, I actually think it's it's irresponsible given we have uh, a multi-year budget that projects in the future to say I'm going to commit to X a very specific percentage. I think you set yourself up for uh, for failure when you do that. Uh, what I will say is, is we're certainly going to be, uh, you know, well under the rate of inflation, and and we have to absorb as much inflationary pressure as we possibly can as a municipality, instead of simply passing that on to Londoners. Um, so, so how are we going to do that? Well, we've we've taken some steps as a council already to give us some capacity there. With the recent uh, surplus last year, we actually set aside about seven million dollars to help us deal with some of our own inflationary pressure internally. Um, so we've started to put some money into that that envelope so that we're not going to Londoners on it. Um, as well, we've positioned ourselves very well as a city financially over the last few years. As as budget chair of the city, um, I oversaw the budgets that paid down uh, over 32% of the city's debt, almost $60 million. Uh, we also brought in a service review program that has carved about $24.4 million out of the municipal budget through deep dive service reviews, uh, going into each area, doing zero-based budgeting, Lean Six Sigma, governance reviews, program reviews. We've carved that money out of the budget and the, and the total cumulative savings uh, over that service review program is now over $70 million. Uh, so so we've, we've found efficiencies where we can. Uh, we continue to do that with the service review program. We've paid down debt and we have a capital levy and a capital plan that we can make some adjustments to to absorb as much inflationary pressure as possible. We can't control food prices. We can't control fuel prices. What we can do is control the costs the municipality are facing and, and, and choose whether or not we're going to pass all of those costs on to Londoners. Uh, I believe we can we can bear the load for a period of time. Uh, we, we won't be able to do it forever, but we certainly can in the short run. And we're, we're hoping the federal government and provincial governments are able to act uh, to to control pricing across the, the the country before you know before we we get to the point where we can't absorb the pressure anymore. So, in an uncertain economic environment, uh, Devin, 
I just don't think it's responsible to say I'd commit taxes to, you know, 2% or something like that, right? Your platform uh, pledges to build uh, 50,000 uh, homes within a decade, 10,000 uh, in the downtown. How do you achieve that? So what we need to do is we need to bring in incentivization um, to our transit villages and transit corridors um, to uh, to ensure that we're getting the intensification that we need. Um, we already face the pressure. The, the reason why at a base level across the province of Ontario, homes have gone up so much in value, rents have gone up so much in value is because there is a supply crisis uh, for homes um, and uh, units in the province. London has to be part of that solution, as does every other city in the province. And it's not just me who's made significant commitments, but there are other mayoral candidates in other cities across this province who have made housing commitments um, that are significant and substantial. We need that housing to land mainly in our downtown core and uh, transit villages and transit corridors. We have a downtown um, development charges waiver program, um, which is uh, which is a good program that is working. As I can look out my window now and I can see two 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 of the the six cranes I think in the sky downtown. Um, we need those cranes to stay here for the next decade, building high density residential. We also need the intensification in those transit nodes, essentially creating you know mini walkable cities uh, in our transit hubs. To do that, I believe we can extend our development charge waiver program out into those areas, um, perhaps at a, at a percentage of the, the downtown program so that we still concentrate the main force of development incentives downtown. And I also think we can layer a, an affordable housing um, CIP, a community improvement plan program, on top of those development charges waivers to get deeply affordable units um, into the um, into the uh, qualification component of accessing those incentives. So. Um, so that's that's how I want to do it, Devin, is, is I want to ensure that we're incentivizing the high-density residential development. I've already personally voted for, just in the last, uh, I think, uh, year, year and a half, over 2,000 units of intensification in this city. Um, and we need a lot more of that if we're, if we're going to, uh, to meet the housing demands. Londoners go to the polls a week from today. And uh, I hope everyone does go to vote because it's crucially important. Uh, Josh Morgan, I certainly appreciate the time today. Thank you very much. Let me say, Devin, um, I, I, you know, whether you vote for me or anybody else, I really hope you vote, right? Municipal turnout is always the lowest of the three levels of government, yet it's the closest to the people. So my, my message, if I could leave one with Londoners, is please participate in this election. Please go out and vote. That's Josh Morgan, uh, current, current Deputy Mayor and candidate for Mayor of London.